This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. There's a very good Australian comedian named Becky Lucas. You should go and find her. Uh, we're not going to dive into that at the moment, but she's great. Uh, rest assured, whatever platform you're looking at at the moment, go find her, Becky Lucas. She has this great line that she shared sort of a little time ago, I think, that was recently resuscitated on the Meeting Tree podcast, that in every pair, Shag, there's a Shrek and there's a donkey. <laughs> and <laughs> and it, uh, it sort of immediately, this it struck me there was some wisdom to it. And so it immediately put me into a bit of a, a, bit of a funny old place, Shag. Where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe. And then, yeah, okay, well, then who's who in this pairing? And Shag, I've come to a conclusion. Do you want me to write it down? Then you can sort of nut it out before I suggest it to you. Okay, but but I do have to say, I think these things are ultimately meaningless because no partnership is ever that binary. It's And I think you could literally do that with any two characters in any piece of popular culture and sort of say the same who's thing. Who's Tango and who's Cash? Yeah. Absolutely. Like you could be like you could be like, oh, there's there's in every in every partnership, there's one Taylor Swift and one Maddie Healy. You wouldn't understand that yep. reference because you don't follow pop culture. But like Taylor Swift, she's a singer. I know her. And and Maddie Healy's her new boyfriend who's the lead singer of the nineteen seventy-five. He's a very different oh, Sorry, why am I schooling you? Anyway, but yeah, okay, all right. Keep in mind, I haven't seen Shrek in like twenty years, but but I briefly remember like Donkey is like the wisecracking sidekick shrek is the annoyed ogre was shrek always an ogre or did he want was he once like a prince ah that's like a shrek 4 where he becomes human for a while (laughs) okay they they really start going down the bottom of the well there but like i was just gonna say initially it makes sense for you to be shrek and me to be donkey but maybe it's the other way around yeah i think it might be the other way around like that kind of makes sense, I think. I think you're the Shrek, Shag. Yeah, right. So Shrek's like on a quest, like making a reasonable way through life with like things in mind, and Donkey like goofs about and <laughs> sings songs and is sort of slightly annoying window dressing, like reasonably loyal, but kind of like just like oh yeah, just, like I'll just do. Well, so in every pairing, Shag, there's a fifty cent and there's a tiny yay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and my suspicion is that I'm the yayo. Uh, and that's fine. I'm a loyal sort of a guy. No, see, see, I, I, um, I, yeah, yeah, Peach. I don't know. See, like, I, I just, I just don't think this always works. In every partnership, there's a Butch Cassidy and a Sundance. In kid. every that's partnership, a there's risky. a Kanye and his new Australian wife. There's like, I don't know. What? Yeah, you know how he's got a new wife and she's Australian. Uh, no, I didn't know that. And, and he does this awful thing where it feels like every time he gets a new partner, he essentially either searches for someone. Or styles them, or they style themselves to look like Kim Kardashian, and it's just oh, yeah, no, it's just that's 
the whole thing's weird. Anyway, so I thought they were met so sorry. So, Peach, so which one of us is Kanye and which one of us is the new Australian wife? I don't oh, know. Oh, I'll be the new Australian wife. That's all right. <laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> You're the one who makes me do shit I don't want to do all the time. <laughs> a good point. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. No, Peach, there is something I want to talk about. There is something I want to talk about because Shrek loves talking about stuff. Yeah, I, like I'm there. I'm with Last it. week, you tried to make jokes about being haunted and your microphone stand and blah, blah, blah. Mm. It was pretty funny. Because a couple of episodes ago, we talked mm. about the weird incident that happened in my house a couple of months ago. I put up online. Mm. I reshared it. Feel free. Like, it, it's there. I'm going to I'm gonna put it in our reel so you can see it when you need to, even though I don't want to ringu anybody. That's their fault. They consented if we lean back to last week's. But, but, but to TLDR it, there was, a, there was a strange haunted, not haunted, there was a strange moment with a Halloween decoration mm. which turned itself on in my attic in which the lights had turned themselves on at 4 a.m. in the morning, creating this spooky sound that woke us up. It was creepy as hell. And I was like, fuck, you know, maybe we're being haunted. Maybe the pod's being haunted. You know, it, it feels like there'd be some sort of correlation. There's been developments. Uh... So I'm really bad with practical things. And I don't know if this is the same outside of Australia, but in Australia, houses need to have fire alarms. Yeah. There's, there's a lot true, of reasons. True for Shrek in the land of fire alarms. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, you need them. I think legally you have to have them. Yeah, like if you're renting right. them out, like for insurance purposes, like you wouldn't be able to collect insurance if you didn't have working fire alarms, all this stuff, right? Yep. Buildings can't be certified, which means you can't have people live in them and stuff. So our house had a faulty fire alarm for a while. And our fire alarms, we have sort of three or four yes. that are all connected on the same circuit. So if one goes off, you can't just take out the battery and then you're fine, which, you know, with dodgy systems you can. If one mm. goes off and you just take it off, the rest of them start going off, right? And during summer, it gets really hot in Sydney. There were times when the theory was in our attic, even though it's ventilated, it would get really hot. The air would, I guess, become thick. There is a fire. The One of the four fire alarms in our house is in the attic, and it kept mm. going off over and over again. And we'd had these fire alarms for a long time, and we hadn't even looked at them. So eventually called a guy to come in. He looked at them all and was like, yep. He, like, and the reason why I know they're all in the same circuit is because he came in and was like, this is what's happening. They're all in the same circuit. Some of them are okay, but some of them need to be replaced. So for that reason, I'm, I'm not going to take out the circuit, but I'm going to replace them all so they're all new and they're going to last you another 10 years and you're not going to have any problems. Yep. And we were like, cool, awesome. you pay your money, you make your transaction, it's fine. Now, did he look like a bit like a ghost or did he look like, <laughs> <laughs> did he look like someone in a photograph that you found in the house who was there 100 years ago or anything like that? <laughs> but, 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 so keep in mind, right, mm. they're all connected, including one in yes. the attic. For the past month, twice in the past month, the fire alarm has gone off in the middle of the night, and it's not summer anymore. In fact, it's really cold in Sydney mm. at the moment. So we can't blame, like, a build-up. Cold of and wet. It's yeah. cold and wet. So we can't blame a build-up of heat in the attic. Now, mm. I'm not, like, again, I'm, I'm, like, usually I'd be like, oh, well, shit happens. But keep in mind, we just replaced this system and would guaranteed it would be fine for 10 years. And considering what happened in the attic before... I, 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 like, I don't, I, like, uh, something is happening. 
Yeah. Um, Shag, I think we're in Oculus meets paranormal activity type scenario. And I think the time has come for you to invest in some video and sound equipment. I've, I've got a new theory on this. And I mm. think the problem with Oculus and the paranormal activity series, uh, mm. they're just too blatantly like, it's a ghost. It's a ghost up there. Ghost, ah. ghost is there. That's it, right? Like, And I think if we are, you know, if this pod's being haunted, if I'm personally being haunted, like, if we're ringoing like, people. I, just, I so hope that, like, we're not being haunted. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, if we are. And, look, I'm being playful, but I'm also, like, there's there's probably, like, a 1% part of me deep down that's petrified, and the rest of me's like, <laughs> this is funny. Like, like obviously, sh- things malfunction all the time. Yeah. A fire alarm going off twice in a month in the middle of the night and only ever in yep. the middle of the night doesn't mean we have ghosts. No right. scientist on Earth is going to be like, <laughs> you've just proven the existing of Right? Like, I'm not saying that, but there's a part of me yeah. that's a bit spooked by that. And today's film made me realise a lot of the time with a haunting or, uh, like, weird circumstances, it's probably something we haven't even considered, right? Like, it's not just there's a ghost in an attic. Yeah. There's something that's happened that's been in plain sight this whole time that we have not considered. Anyway, I want to explore that in probably the most confusing film we've ever done. So many people have wanted us to cover this. Okay. It's a 2003 film, which I think is still the most popular Korean horror film of all time. It's by the same director who made I Saw the Devil. Uh, Today, Peach, like I said before, we are doing the 2003 South Korean psychological horror drama film in Korean is called Jungwa Hongrien, which means rose flower red lotus, but in English it's simply called A Tale of Two Sisters. Let's go. This is a classic movie that I wanted. This is like the point of Spooko. It's like Spooko um, in Excelsis. I'm like, yep, tell me all the things that happen in this film so I don't need to see it. Shag, let's spook this one out. Now, Peach, I'm going to need you to pay attention because this is honestly one of the most complicated films we've done on Spooko. This has like eight twists. And it's especially funny reading the Wikipedia synopsis because it's like, and here's the twist. And you're like, oh, that's the point of the film. And it's like, no, it is not. And then you just keep going and you just keep going and you just keep going. Oof, should I get a can of coffee? Should I like, Should I make sure I'm a Like maybe, maybe get like a note. I don't know how you take notes as a lawyer, but maybe like get your notes out, notes app up. Oh, I ask a less experienced lawyer to take notes these days. <laughs> get one of your underlings to like write. Right notes while we're yeah. doing this. Um, uh, I'm getting coffee then. Let's do it. Let's like, do this. I'm, like I'm, I'm pumped to do it. Well, it looks like a sick movie. It looks like it deserves it. All right, I'll be back. So while Peach is getting a coffee, I have to explain 
I know he hated funny games last week, but the moment where the son's killed, I think makes a really good point about how we consume, you know, really brutal cinema like this in which he's just making a meal while the son is killed off screen. Kind of feels sometimes how I watch horror films, especially when I'm like second screening. So when I watched this film, you know, I was doing other things. I was like typing on my phone. I was doing whatever. So I found it really hard to follow. So I had to watch this film, read the Wikipedia synopsis, watch two different explainers on YouTube, then read the Wikipedia plot synopsis again. And now I think I understand it. So please hit us up if this doesn't make any sense to you. Uh, I'm going to see if it makes sense to pitch. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. The algorithm's been serving me so much Jadakiss content. <laughs> Is Jadakiss back, Shag, in, in pop culture? Jay, I mean, oh. like, I don't know. Like, you know, Jadakiss is not having a Kate Bush moment, if that's the question. <laughs> so, no. I guess that is really what I was that's asking. It. No, no. That's not happening. That's it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, one day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. I picked the right horse, have I? Yeah. Like, come on. We'll be long dead from, like, haunting-related deaths, but it will happen. <laughs> oh. So, a teenage girl, Sue Me is being treated for shock and psychosis Ooh, in a mental names. institution. Okay. That's how it begins. Sue me, and, shock and psychosis. Yeah, and she's got the hair basically covering her face. She looks like the yep. ring girl, right? Classic J-horror vibe, yeah. or K-horror, K-horror vibe in, in that in that kind of uh, 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 period. Yes, Sue me. She is released and returns home to her family's secluded estate in the countryside with her father and younger sister, Sue Yon, whom she is protective of. Again, we assume they're pretty rich. Sue me, eldest Sue Yum. Sue Yun is the older is the youngest. Sue me yep. is the eldest. And Sue yep. Me is very protective of Sue Yun. And Sue Me mm-hmm. has been at this mental institution, but she comes home and has this like gorgeous sort of reconnection with Sue Yun. And there's kind of like a really lovely bit at the start where they sort of go out to the river and they they just reconnect. Now Sue Yun doesn't really speak. So Sumi sort of does all the speaking for the two of them. But there's definitely, like, there's clearly a kinship between the two. They love each other. There's, there's We're not no getting bad fight life. clubbed here. Like I, like, I shouldn't be getting a fight club about Suyun doesn't exist. Oh, pooch! You're pretty good. But if you think that's the twist of the film, you've <laughs> that's got... That's <laughs> the third twist of the eight. <laughs> so the sisters have a cold reunion with their stepmother, Yunju, who constantly requires medication. Yunju also has a strained relationship with her husband, both of them enduring a sexless marriage. And we know that because basically the husband essentially ignores Yunju. And, you know, even at night, they sort of turn away from each other in bed. Su Yun has a nightmare of her late mother's ghost. The next day. Hang on, Su Yun does. Has a nightmare, yes. Peach. So Peach. Don't okay. think you work this film out, okay? Okay, let's go. The next day, Sumi finds family photos which reveal that Yunju was formerly an in-home nurse for their terminally ill mother. So remember, Yunju is Ooh, their stepmom, yeah. Yun- is their youngest yeah, sexy Yunju might have killed, might have killed biological mom. She discovers yes. bruises on her sister's arm and suspects Yunju is responsible. Sumi confronts Yunju about the bruises, but Yunju refuses to apologize for her actions. That night. Uh, sorry, can I hold you yeah, there for okay. her action? She's like, yeah, I did it. 
Where, but she doesn't apologize. I mean, it's it's pretty clear that there's antagonism between them. But also, this film is it's almost David Lynchian. You know, like it's very it's very magical realism. Like things, yeah, okay. a lot of things just aren't explained. Uh, although at okay. the end, it's over explained, and and we'll get there. Okay. And I hope, okay. and, and and again, we will get there. So I just want you to just just like just be on the roller coaster with me for a while. Yeah, I'm having fun. That night, their uncle and aunt arrive for dinner, and it's just this weird dinner where no one's talking except Yunju, who's telling bizarre stories that bewilder everyone. The aunt suddenly suffers a violent seizure and suffocates. After recovering, she tells her husband that she saw the ghost of a dead girl beneath the kitchen sink during her seizure. Yunju tries to see what is beneath the sink, but the ghost girl violently grabs her arm. Okay, the ghost girl exists. There is a ghost girl. Yep. It's not an open question. All right. Yunju's relationship with her stepdaughter sours after she finds her pet bird mutilated and killed and her personal photographs defaced. She believes that these actions are somehow connected to the girls and locks Suyun in the closet. Fucking Sumi's getting. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Sumi releases her and tells her father about the abuse, but the father's like, you've got to stop this bullshit. And. Informs, Whoa, her, informs her that Su Yon is dead and has been dead for a while. First twist. You picked it. Okay. But this is like halfway through the film, Peach. Okay. Right? Okay, so Su Yon is dead. Su Yon was never there. Dead mum and dead second wife. And there's and a, so Yeah. And, sorry, please. Wait, yes, wait. Continue. And there's a moment where it's it's quite an unsettling scene where he reveals to the daughter, he's like, Suyon's dead. And Suyon, just, who doesn't speak, just starts screaming uncontrollably. And again, I'm like watching this at like in my suburban house with very close neighbors, <laughs> listening to a teenage <laughs> girl scream. And I'm just like, oh, like, I love you horror movies, but come on. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. Sumi refuses to believe it as she is sure her sister is right next to her, sobbing uncontrollably. The next morning, we see Yunju dragging a bloodied sack through the house, whipping it. And this is like quite like full on. So we see Yunju dragging this sack that has blood, and it's dragging a blood trail along the ground. Like it's a very impressive <sighs> and unsettling horror visual. And we don't hear any sound, but it looks like it's soft, right? And we just watch her beat the shit out of this sack that's already just soaked in blood. Ugh, okay. Sumi believes that Suyon is inside the sack. She keeps trying to unwrap, like, she, like, Yunju leaves. She keeps trying to unwrap it, but every time she unwraps it, it's, it's like past the parcel. There's another sack and oh, another sack, another and, layer, she, can't, layer, and yes. she can't get in. Yunju returns, and they have this violent altercation near the medicine cabinet, which is so fucked up. Like, so Yunju has, like, a boiling pot of water that... She was either going to pour on the sack, but now she's going to pour on Sumi. Sumi takes a pair of scissors from the cabinet, stabs Yunju. Then Yunju falls, and because a bunch of like surgical scissors had fallen onto the ground, she falls onto a floor covered in surgical scissors. Like it's just, it's just really, it's really, it's really awful and creepy and terrible, and sort of comes out of nowhere. Sumi's father arrives to only find an unconscious Sumi 
and no blood on the ground. It is ultimately revealed that Sumi and her father were alone in the house the entire time. Sumi had suffered from dissociative identity disorder where she possessed two personalities, herself and a ruder, more distant variation of her stepmom, Yunju. So not only is Su Yun a figment of her imagination, she's also sometimes being Yunju and sometimes being Sumi. So she's Fight Clubbing. In fact, it's Fight Club and the Sixth Double Sense. Double Fight Club. No, it's Derivative Fight Club. Fight Club. <laughs> it's Fight Club and the Sixth Sense together, right? Oh god! Like yeah, right? Okay. Like so, it's both of those things. But so, did the stepmom ever exist? Wait, Sorry. Wait. Um, the reason we find this out is because the stepmom comes home, and as she's in the guise of the so, stepmom. Oh, hello, Sumi. And yeah, so there's this scene where, and it's quite a well done scene. And again, this this part is not a cinema pod. You know, we don't talk about the cinematography, and often <laughs> we get chastised for being like, "You didn't explain to Peach how good the cinematography is." There's a really great <laughs> moment where the camera is looking at the 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 fake Yunju's face, looking shocked. We see the real Yunju, and then the camera turns in a single cut, comes back, and it's Sumi. It's Sumi, right? Yes. So so this is how we discover that. So. The body in the sack that Sumi was whipping was actually a porcelain doll, and she was also the one who killed the pet bird. Su Yun was also revealed to be long dead. Her presence was actually the result of Sumi's hallucinations. Now, Peach, the twists haven't ended. This is what I mean. This so, so I need you. Are you following so far? Yes, yes. I think I'm with you. So we've done. We've got a double. Well, I, I do think it's a double fight club. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, like. Because there are two Tyler Durdens. There's Tyler Durden and Taylor Durden or whatever he told me. The partnership was from the 1975. Um, and so I feel like we're two-thirds in and the third act's going to like really twist it around the place right now. So the father and the real Yunju. If it's all a dream, I'm going to be so pissed off. No, no, thank God, thank God. The father and the real Yunju send Sumi back to the mental institution. Yunju tries to reconcile with Sumi promising to visit her as often as she can, but Sumi rebuffs her. That night, Yunju, in the house, hears footsteps in Su Yun's old bedroom. Now, remember, there's no one there except her and the dad. So she goes up to the bedroom, and it's freezing cold in the bedroom. Like, it's icy cold, and she's like, what the fuck's going on? When she goes in there, the door slams shut, the cupboard opens, and there's, like, a stack of, I guess, blankets? And between the blankets, there's a tag. And as she pulls the tag out, a ghost appears. Now, according to this Wikipedia synopsis, it is <clears throat> Su Yun's ghost. But other people have said it's the mother's ghost. And I'm not, like, I'm not actually okay. sure. Yeah, it's a very yeah. ring ghost, right? We don't see yeah. her killed, but we know she's killed. We cut to outside the house and we know she gets killed by this ghost. And it's a very well done ghost. There's, like, ectoplasm, you know, coming down the walls. It's like, you know, it's that very, like, J-horror, K-horror ghost appearing from somewhere they shouldn't, you know. It's it's yes. Ringu crawling out of the TV. It's that sort of thing. Nice. Meanwhile, we cut to Sumi, who's in her mental institution, smiling, appearing to fi- have finally found peace. That's not the end of the film! <laughs> Sick. Well, so, so sorry, do, do, we, do we think the smile is that Sumi has some knowledge or pleasure or connection with the ghost? Well, well. Is what we are to tell. Oh, okay. We are to find out. Cool. Flashbacks reveal the day that led Sumi to be institutionalized. Because remember, this is this is still a loose end. Yes. 
the girls had a terminally ill mother who was still alive, but her father was engaging in an adulterous affair with Yunju, their nurse, which we know because <clears throat> we know that from early on when she was still their in-home nurse. What we don't know is that the girls knew about it and hated Yunju for it. Oof. This upsets the sisters. And, okay, so, so I want to pause here. I want to pause <laughs> and say we've talked about mental health on this pod and <clears throat> there's there's something a little bit, I guess, irris- you know, like lightly, gently irresponsible when <clears throat> horror films use suicide as a, I guess, a, a plot point. Okay? Yes, that is so. Because you don't go, oh, this bad thing happened in my life, therefore I'm going to kill myself. <clears throat> more, And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but more often than not, su- suicide is not the fault of other people. It's whatever's happening in your mind basically being like, you know, constantly being like, it's going to be so much easier if you just weren't here or nothing matters anymore and you know it, it, it's 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 an internal battle and i think like i like you know to very briefly mention muriel's wedding one of the greatest films australia's ever put out <clears throat> the mother in muriel's wedding even though she ostensibly kills herself because she's ignored i think that film does a really good job of the entire film, even though it's Muriel's story, it's her mum's story as well, who spends the whole film basically like crying out for help, basically looking for support from anyone, and she's ignored. And eventually she does take a life, and it turns a very, a very bright and fun film into a more somber and serious and, you know, you know more important film by the end. And I guess in this film, basically, according to Wikipedia and basically according to the film, and yes, she's terminally ill, but because her husband's having an affair, she kills herself. And I'm a bit like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that that's like, you, that shouldn't exist, but I just don't think that's what really happens. Yeah, that strikes me as irresponsible. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be cautious commenting on deaths by suicide because I know that uh, comments made by ignorant people like me can, can, be unhelpful but but yeah i agree that seems pretty irresponsible yeah i stand with you but but that that's the plot point right so Mm. she hung herself in su yun's closet which is like it's kind of like again and i'm not trying to make light of it but it's like you don't have beef with your daughter it's like don't fucking hang yourself in their closet but you know this is the significance of the closet right but people who are terminally ill who die by suicide um, you often, I mean, there there may, there may have been people in your life who, who who've had this shag. There have been people in mine. Who it's like, oh yeah, they were unable to process food anymore. Or like there's like a coded like, yeah, but I couldn't eat anything anymore. Like you know, and what is? It's not. <laughs> it's not quite an assisted death because because that's not the terminology you'd use. But but. <laughs> Yeah, no, in fact, perhaps, perhaps this is territory that's unhelpful for me to comment on further. Yes, I follow. Let's continue. And I agree. So Su Yun finds her, attempts to revive her, but because it's a closet, the closet collapses on top of her. So the mum is probably dead. Su Yun is close to death. Yu Jun finds them thrashing and suffocating and 
has this moment, this really weird moment where she sort of leaves, like, and I think it's, like, I actually think it's quite a human reaction where it would be so much to process that she sort of turns around and walks out of the room and then turns back and is like, no, I've got to save them. And at this point, Sue Me confronts her in the hall and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Yunju's like, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, yeah, I do. Fuck you, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. And so Yujun leans in close to her and is like, one day you're going to regret this moment and then turns around and leaves. Sumi, not knowing what's happening in the room, leaves the house. Uh, yeah, I'm like, if we can pause there. Like, <laughs> like if you're an adult, you, you know, like, and a child is being mean to you and that's a child who's unaware of their family dying in the other room and you're punking them by being like, oh, punks, I'm just going to take you you're very literal, like, on a very literal basis based on what you're saying. That's a really deeply immature, stupid and shit thing to do that would never happen, and that actually stinks. So the film ends with Sumi leaving the house, unaware of both her sister and her mother's fate. That is the end of A Tale of Two Sisters. And, and Peach, so... It's good, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you, you know what happened there, right? Like, and, yeah. and in fact, all of the reveals are quite good. It's quite clever how mm. it gives you a reveal and you're like, that's the film. And it's like, no, 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 that is not the film, which I, which I quite like. What I want to ask you is this. Mm. We're approaching 200 episodes. What is mm. the thing we've missed that's in plain sight from the last however many episodes that's led to us being haunted and potentially ringooing you listening? Is that a question for me? That's a question for you. What do you know the answer? I don't what know have the we answer. missed? No, I don't. I don't. This led to us being haunted. And also, I refuse to listen to our earlier episodes anyway. So, like, uh, if yeah, it's there, I like, I'll just who knows. Like for a long time, I was like, I love listening to these old episodes again, and I'm like, I wouldn't have listened for about a year or two to like the earlier ones, and I'm really worried I'll go back and be like, let's work it for these these early episodes. Uh, what have we missed, Jag? I don't know. Like, I'm genuinely thinking now of, you know, there's nothing, there are no symbols inscribed on the roof above you that I can't see because you've blurred your background or anything like I'm that. not trying to be, like, friendship homework, but if there is something in the pod, and I'm not talking about the bits where I was like, oh, I put in a scary sound because that was, like, pretty mm. obvious, right? I mean, like, just something we've missed, please let us know. Yeah. I want to know why we're being haunted. Did you put in all those bits, though, <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. I did. <laughs> I'm not- what about the ones you didn't <laughs> no, no, <think>? Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?